Well, it's uh, just a pleasure for Evelyn and I to be here again. My amazing wife, Evelyn, is right up here in the front. And I uh, remember uh, when Robert came uh, in 2007, in December of 2007, down to San Diego. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it's been 14 and a half years of just contending for God to come to the state of California and for revival to hit. And so that's what we're in this together for. And uh, it's just uh, thrilling to see that picture of, uh, you know, what God's doing through all peoples. Um, and, you know, watching over the 14 and a half years that seed of vision that God placed in Robert and Steph's heart as well as Kendall and Shelley and uh, Joel and Dana and, and the rest and watching how that's begun to bud and flourish and uh, for seeds to be planted and new plants to be planted in different parts of the world. Man, that's what we're in this for, isn't it? So I'm just so grateful. Uh, Evelyn and I came um, down here from the warmer part of the state down here and uh, spent a couple days. Uh, it's, it was great. We uh, were down at Torrey Pines on Friday and, uh, and then at Los Penasquitos yesterday and uh, to the waterfall. Great that there's still water down here. Um, and so it's just been a lot of fun, and we've really been enjoying our time. Um, so, you know, uh, back um, right at the turn of this decade, uh, at the end of 2019, I was uh, trying to prepare a message uh, for the beginning of, um, for January 5th, 2020. And, you know, it was, um, there was, and I felt like the Lord say, hey, son, there's some things I want to speak to you about for this next decade, actually for the 2020s and 2030s. And so I preached a message that felt a certain way at that time. And I have to say, as of June 30th, we are now 25% of the way through this decade. Isn't that crazy? And, and think about all the things that have happened and about how many things have occurred in our world that you wouldn't have expected that were going to take place. I mean, the 2020s have been pretty crazy with thinking about the uh, things that took place on January 6th, and then COVID, and then George Floyd, and then it's just been ever since then, you know, and we can all feel a little tired. So it's weird for me to look back at uh, what he had me say in the beginning of 2020, and so I just want to go over those real quick here. So this was five key issues uh, that I felt like the Lord say were important. The first one was increasingly rapid change is going to lead to information and choice overload. How many of you would say, hey, you know what, I think that's kind of happened so far this year? Yep. Okay, here's the second one. Always on technology is going to create an ADHD boundaryless lifestyle. That was before we started working from home, right? And so, like, when are you working? When are you at home? What? Hard to Anybody? All right. Here's the next one. Speed and technological connectedness are going to lead to greater social volatility. Yes? Okay. Here's the next one. Post-truth paradigm is going to lead to greater cynicism and mistrust, especially of institutions and authority figures. Yes? All right. A piece of people are increasingly going to feel threatened by the things they cannot control. Yes, sir. God, I think God knows what he's talking about, right? 
So then he said, as a result, there's three consequences that are going to take place in society to pay attention to. Here's the first one of those. We're going to step into an increasingly PTSD culture, which is going to lead to blame shifting, tribalism, and greater mental health challenges. Wow. It seemed like God knew what he was talking about. And secondly, there's going to be a national and personal shift to self-centeredness, where people are going to be so threatened by what's out there that they're just, I just got to take care of myself. And outsized problems which seem too big for anybody to solve. Now, you know, again, um, the Lord said to me, these are things that are going to mark this next decade. And so uh, it, might, it might seem like this is all doom and gloom, like if we're only 25% and it keeps getting like that, let's just all go in a hole and hide. Let's just make an antibacterial bubble wrap place for ourselves where we can pack a bunch of water. But no, right? The reason why the Lord said these things is because he isn't intimidated by our world. God speaks these things in advance because being forewarned means being forearmed. You and I don't have to counter, uh, to, to shake and hide because if God knows what's going to happen, he has a place for his bride to walk. He has a place for his bride to walk in peace. He has, has a place for his bride to walk in grace. He has a place for his bride to walk in security and in impact. And so I think the question that really comes out of this is this question. Uh, what inner constitution is going to enable us to be salt and light? And, and this is why I think the topic of soul care for the 2020s is such a big deal. Right, we've started this series about uncluttering the soul, but what kind of constitution in us is going to be crucial? Well, what is the soul? If you look in the uh, Young's literal translation of the Bible, the soul, the word soul is used 520 times in the Bible. So it's kind of an important word. And I would say that the soul is the deep, rich part of ourself that's underneath the surface. Uh, when God created Eve, he knocked Adam out, took a rib out, right? And then he formed her from the dust. And the scripture says, oh! He breathed his spirit into her, and then in the King James it says, and then she became a living soul. Souls are really important in the Bible, and I think we kind of know it. When we think about soul food, when we think about soul music, we're talking about music and food that isn't just on surface, but nourishes us deep inside. And so the word soul really is meant to talk about an integration of our mind, of our feelings, of our will, the, the things that we want to do, the intentions of our heart, of our spirit, all integrated in a deep, deep place. It's the deepest part of us, the part that goes beneath things that are on the surface. And, you know, sometimes you'll notice in your spouse or in somebody else, something will happen and you're like, whoa, where did that come from? Well, that came from that deep, deep place. Sometimes things happen that spark something and we're like, whoa. But you see, there are things that are underneath the surface of our life that often surface. 
Well, a little bit about myself. We, Evelyn and I uh, got married in 1994. I've actually been pastoring since 1990, so it's been a little while. Uh, Jeff and I share hair color here. Uh, my hair has been this color for a long time, you know, and uh, I remember being pulled over uh, maybe 10 years ago in a mall from somebody going, where did you get your hair colored that, that way? That's so cool. I said, no, bro, I earned this the hard way. I'm a pastor, <laughs> you know. So, you know, late 18, 2018 and early 2019, I realized, man, I, I am tired. My soul is tired. I uh, need time to get away and because there's things that are surfacing in me. I, you know, there's a, there's a kind of a body tired. There's an emotional tired. There's relational tired, especially if you're like me, you're an introvert. But then there's soul tired. This is deeper, and I was soul tired. I said, I, man, I need, after, you know, I, I started pastoring in, in um, 20, uh, 1990. So I've been at this for a while, you know. And I realized that there were some things that I they had started noticing. Now, you know, um, we've been up in Pasadena since 2003. We just planted our sixth church up there. Uh, so things are going great. We've got uh, 15 teams on the field in 10 different locations. Uh, things are ha happening. I mean, our son who came to All Peoples for a year in 2014 got married in 2018. So from the outlook, if you look at our, the Instagram, I, I'm not on Instagram, but if you like Instagrammed our life, we'd be like, oh, this is all this great stuff. But there were things happening underneath. One of the things I have to say is that I had realized over the previous five years that there were times when I would get into this place where these deep feelings would surface and I couldn't quite locate them. The way I would describe it is like, I'm in an elevator, I walk in, it says P1, P2, P3, P4, P5, and I'm like, I push on the P4 and the P5 buttons and it's like, it would click but the light wouldn't go on and the elevator wouldn't go down. And I'm like, there's something in here that I can't quite locate and I don't know what it is. But then deeper on, as I started thinking about it, I realized, you know, there are certain times in my life where I realize there's a certain fear I have that there's this deep, dark, black tar beast. I, you know, I'm, I'm older. So in the James Kirk area of Star Trek, in one of the early ones, there was this black tar beast. And I, I, I remember feeling I have one of these in me and if I, like, give it any space, it's going to jump out and suck me in, and I'm going to lose my life. And I, I didn't quite know what it was. I don't know if this, if you're like, oh, you're totally weird, or some of you are like, bro, I know exactly what you're talking about. I had this thing in me, and I was, like, afraid. Like, what is this? But I, I couldn't get there. And so it was that I felt, as I began to reflect, there was an invitation from my father Son, I need you to go there. There's places you're afraid to go. There's a deeper place I want to bring you into. Trust me, let's make some space. And so uh, in 2020, Evelyn and I took a sabbatical, our first real one. Uh, it, we started in March, 11 days before the pandemic hit. 
we missed George Floyd. So my church was like going through all kinds of stuff. We came back to a different place. But it was a God-ordained time for us to really work in some deep places of the heart. And uh, that's what I want to talk with you about. You know, this thing, uh, the reason I started with those things about the 2020s is if we know that the world's going to be bumpy, if we know we're in a Hebrews 12, 26, and 27 moment where God is shaking the heavens of the earth so that everything that can be shaken will be shaken and that only what remains is of the Lord, what does it look like for us to care for our souls in those times? And I, uh, we, I did a sermon series called Soil Care, talking about soul care, because I, I find these things to be very, very linked. In uh, Mark 4, Jesus tells a parable of the four soils. And he says something that he never says anywhere else. In Mark 4, 13, Jesus says, if you don't understand this parable, how will you understand any of the parables? Well, that's like inquiring minds gotta know. What, what is he talking about? He's saying there's something about the nature of this parable that's, that's really important. So you, you know the story. A sower went out to sow seed, the same seed in four different kinds of soil. One of them was on the path. The second one was on a thin soil that had about three inches of soil and then a hard limestone place there. The third one was soil that had a bunch of roots from thorns in it, and the fourth one was good soil. Same soil, I mean same seed. Actually, three of them had really good soil. One of them was only this deep. The second one was good soil that had thorns in it. The fourth one that was, had good soil and there was no obstruction. A another way to put it is, it looked for a while like three of these soils were gonna bear fruit because they had these plants, but over a period of eight months, it turns out that only one of them bore fruit. When I was in seminary many years ago, I studied under a guy named Bobby Clinton who was a leadership emergence theorist, what he did is look at the timeline and patterns of Christian leaders in the Bible and then of contemporary Christian leaders, and he found out something. He said it turns out that of all Christian leaders, only one out of four actually finish well. I don't know, that, that's, that was shocking to me at the time. We, had, we were in a class, and he said, look in this room of 28 people statistically, only seven of you are going to make it in the long run. Shocking. But you know what? That's what Jesus is talking about here. Only one out of those four soils. So that this has to do with the soil care. It turns out that out of those soils, three of them had good soil. One of them had good soil, but it was really shallow. The second one had good soil, but there was stuff in it. The other one had good soil. And the difference between those was space. There was space for the seed to go in, space for the roots to go out without obstruction. There weren't other things that were entangling the roots. There weren't other things that were distracting the roots. The, 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 the nutrients in the soil were only feeding the Word of God and not other dreams, not other visions, not other passions that were meant to distract or entertain. The difference was space. And so, if we're in a shaking time, and we know that the world's gonna shake, if we know we're in a Matthew 6 and 7 and 8 time, 
where the wind will blow and the storms are going to come, we know that it's only the house that's built on the rock that's the one that's going to last. Now, you know, one of the things that's kind of interesting is uh, as the, the world becomes a little bit more like the first century, there's more like new agey stuff, sometimes in the church, sometimes out. There's a lot of interest on meditation, right, and, and Zen stuff and all this sort of stuff. And, and you might think uh, from contemporary evangelicalism that meditation and all those things are only for Buddhists or whatever. No, this has always been in the church, but the church hasn't really paid attention to those disciplines of the soul. So you might uh, know, um, Evelyn and I have been very helpfully influenced by a couple by the name of Bill and Christy Galtier. They've spoken in the SOT here. And they have a, a website called Soul Shepherding. And so they have a, a list of spiritual disciplines on the Soul Shepherding website. So on the left, you have a bunch of what's called disciplines of abstinence, or that's like making space disciplines. Solitude, silence, fasting, Sabbath, secrecy, and submission. On the right, you have your disciplines of engagement, okay? So, Bible study, worship, prayer, soul friendship, personal reflection, and service. Now, here's the thing. Most of us are very used to the disciplines of engagement. We're not very used to the disciplines of abstinence. But you see, this list is the one that gives us space for those things to take root. If you've got really crowded soil, the roots can't go in, right? So let's just darken this for a minute. You see, if all you have is this, you and I are going to live nice Christian lives that are going to be busy and noisy, maybe impactful, but ultimately frustrating and empty because the deep root of the things of God can't take place. And many of, have, of us haven't been taught about this side, so we busily engage in all of this stuff. I, I don't know if this makes sense to you. If you feel like I did, like there's lots of great stuff, but I still feel empty inside, well, this is the reason why. Because we need to make space in our soul or in our soil for the things of God. Engagement without abstinence is going to lead to a noisy, fast-paced life can be, that can be full of great action but lead, leave us empty and frustrated. So Evelyn and I, we had this sabbatical. And we were going to go to Israel, and we were going to go off to Tuscany and all this sort of stuff. And then we got ground by the pandemic. So instead of being able to go to any of those places, going to the market was a big deal. We were locked in our house with nobody but ourselves and all of our stuff inside. It was terrifying. And, um, you know, Bill and Christy had us do something called Lectio Divina exercises that you can get on their website, Soul Shepherding. We paid our $9.99. And what it is is a bunch of meditative practices on the scripture. And so what you do is you take a passage and you read through it and you read it through a couple times after like a couple minutes of silence and ask the Lord, what phrase is being highlighted to me? So, you know, if we're doing Mary and Martha, it's like, why, is, why are you leaving me to do all the work by myself? If that's what comes up to me. And then what I do is go like, well, that's interesting. Why is that a big deal to me? 
And then I start thinking about all the times that I grew when I was growing up and all my siblings and all the stuff I used to do and this great, great sense of responsibility that I'm always feeling. The stuff that's inside begins to come out and what happens is that the scriptures start reading me. That's the help. And so we started doing this day after day. We take about an hour or an hour and a half, and we had the, the grace to do this from our church, to write out our stuff. Evelyn and I journaled our journals about all the stuff that God was speaking to us and the stuff that was coming out of us. And then over lunch, we would read our journals to each other. It was deep and it was rich. We spent a lot of time plumbing our souls. And let me just say why I think this is so important. I felt like this was an invitation to me and Evelyn because it was like he was saying, son, daughter, because of the times, you're going to have to go deeper. People are going to need the depth in you. And let me just say something to you. Dads, I know there's a lot of stuff going on. I know with the stock market and the economy going on, there's a lot of stuff to worry about. There's no shortage of reason for us to worry, but you and I cannot lead our families well out of worry and anxiety. Your wives, that should be your wife, okay. (laughs) Not your wives. I'm not polygamous, okay. (laughs) All right. Your wife and your children need for you to go deeper. They need for you to deal with your stuff so that you can lead with confidence, integrity, and security. Moms, with all the stuff going on, with all the threats in our world that can happen with our kids, you and I cannot bubble wrap. We cannot control our ways through the 2020s. You're going to have to get to a place where you can bring your worries and your concerns as well as the things that have happened from your family of origin and bring them to the Lord so that those things are not polluting how you're parenting. You're going to need and your kids are going to need an empty, wide space for you to hear a word from the Lord about what you're supposed to do with your kids in these coming days. If you're a working person... There is no way that our businesses are going to be able to outpace all the changes that are taking place. Nobody can be that fast. And all we're going to do is try and we're going to, businesses are going to be in a frenzy trying to turn the corner before the world changes again. But you see, for those who can quiet themselves and hear the word of the Lord, God has a word for you and the people that he has assigned for you to pastor at the place where you work. Let me just explain something. If God has called you to a construction job, if God's called you to a pharmacy, if God's called you to be a teacher, if God's called you to be a mom of your kids, your worth and your self-esteem does not come down to what a human being says on your business card. If God has appointed you, he wants to anoint you to be the pastor over the place where you work. So you can go in and and prayer walk your business and ask God how you're meant to be a soul shepherd and a pastor and a prophet and apostle to the people you work with. But that's gonna require then that you have to go down deep 
to hear the word of the Lord and the prophetic words that he wants to speak to you about how to run your business, about how to manage the people that, that you're in touch with. God has wisdom for you that our world isn't going to have for the things that he knows are about to take place. So I, I just want you to understand that, that this is a grace. Making space is a grace for us. And you know, if you're a, you're a young person, I'm going to say you. I normally say we, but that would be like stretching the English vocabulary a long ways. You know, if you're a post-9-11 kid, and the world that you've grown up in seems like there's always a crisis around the corner, there's a reason why God has created you in this time. You're not an accident. God's formed you in this age. There's a certain kind of chaos that you've got to get used to because he's looking and wants to develop a generation that has their roots sunk down deep so that in a time of drought, water and fruit appears from the sons and daughters of God. The scriptures say that the generations, the prophets are longing to see the arising of the sons and daughters of God. And so you cannot define yourself by Instagram because God knows this time. And he has a rooting and a fruiting that he wants to develop from your souls in the middle of the chaos of this age. As people start running more and more and more, they need people to bump into who are solid, who aren't running, and they're like, what is this? I feel a sense of solidity in you. And then you can open up about who God is and about what it is to be a son and daughter of the living God in this age. So, what does that all mean? Well, a number of years ago, uh, we had this huge windstorm up in, in uh, L.A. Uh, it, it was like in the 626, there was an area like 10 miles wide and 5 miles north-south where there was no electricity because all these trees blew down. And uh, so let me just show you this picture. This is in front of a church member's house. Have you ever seen anything like this? Right, here's view one. Here's view two. And then check this out. Whoa! I mentioned that, yeah, it's like a big piece of Velcro. You know, I, I go, what must that have sounded like? So I remember um, showing this picture to a guy that was coming to our church who was a landscape guy. And I'm like, hey, Doug, can you just explain to me what this is? He's like, yeah. You know what this is, is this. You can tell that they were watering for grass instead of for trees. Uh, what do you mean? He says, well, if you water for grass, you water 15 minutes a day, three times a week, and the water goes in this far. And they've been doing that for 30 years, so the roots of the trees followed where the water was. But if you water for a tree, you water one and a half hours once a week, and the water goes down deep. He's like, that's what that is. Now, I just want you to, want, want you to understand something. The social media world we live in is all about what's above the ground. And here was this oak tree who was like, look at my guns, you know. He's like, right? He's like, look how big my canopy is and all this sort of stuff. And like, look at my Instagram feed, right? It's all above the ground 
But the tree didn't know there was going to be a day when the wind was going to show up. And at that time, that tree was like, (laughs) if you know what time it is, if you know there's a time of shaking, you don't place all your energy on what's above the ground. Anybody that wants to build a building has to build a foundation people dig up before they build up. Dig down before they build up. And you see, God is looking for those who are doing the work underneath the ground. He's looking for people who are willing to go there to do the work. And I have to say, this isn't very sexy. It's hard work, and nobody's going to see what you're doing at 6 o'clock in the morning or 11.30 at night when you are reading the scriptures and asking God to speak to your heart. That's not going to show up on an Instagram feed. But it matters. And you and I are called to be sons and daughters of Psalm 1 and Jeremiah 17. So here's Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his day day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yield its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Here's the parallel passage in Jeremiah 17. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its root by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Those who put their roots deep down do not have to depend on surface-level water, surface-level attention, surface-level Instagram likes, surface-level appreciation in order to bear fruit. And when the heat of persecution comes, when the heat of anxiety comes, when the heat of disease and uh, pandemics come, when the heat of economic challenge come, they never fail to bear the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. And their leaves are always green, and those leaves are used for the healing of the nation. That's the kind of people that God's looking for. And so this is where our attention has to be less on what's out here and much what's more down there where nobody can see it. What this means is that you and I have to intentionally make space to go deep. We have to make steps to step out of the hyper-distracted ADHD, always-on, but empty American lifestyle we are discipled into. Uh, so Evelyn and I, you know, as I said, we got here early uh, Saturday morning. We were up at 5, and, uh, you know, the, the place that we were staying didn't have coffee till 7. Like, we need some coffee. So Evelyn found us better buzz. 
And so we're like, you know, Evelyn's like, hey, let's go over there. They open at 5. Let's go get some coffee. Maybe we can do our FaceTime there. And there it was at 5.30 in the morning. We arrive in the parking lot, and they're blaring music. And I'm like, I can't do my, I, I, I'm old. I can't do my FaceTime in a place that's noisy. I need my silence. But, you know, they got me thinking, why is it that when you go to a restaurant, there always has to be noise? Restaurants, they disciple us into noise because people are afraid of silence, because there are these tar beasts deep inside that are yearning to get out, and we need to keep distracted from them. We need to keep running. We need to stay on top of it. We need to do things. And if you're anything like me, I can be a little HD, ADHD myself. I need to be entertained. I can run into entertainment, into work, into working out, because there are means for me to distract and anesthetize myself from what's inside. If I can just numb my soul, then I don't have to bother with what's inside. That's going to keep me to be a superficial soulless person. And so what does this mean? I think the first thing this means is we need to take time to assess. To assess what's the state of my soul. To assess what is the nature of the soil in my heart. And so I want you just to go like this. And I want you to close your eyes and I want you to just to think and say, God, What's the state of my soul? Is it deep and rich, dark, moist, or is it like dry and sandy? Lord, would you make our souls deep, rich, moist, receptive places for your seed to be planted so we can be ones that bear 30, 60, and 100-fold. Amen. So assessment. Well, the second one I think is really important, and it's, that's awareness. As I said, you know, I think many of us are like superficially aware, but I've learned over time that there's actually lots of awareness down here that we don't have. Uh, you know, one of the graces or the job descriptions of being a pastor is sometimes I sit in a meeting or somebody comes up to me and I, they put me on blast. Not just on Twitter, but like person face to face, you know, they like vomit all over me. Like, ah, you know. But what I've learned over time is if we're talking about something that's this important and people have this much emotion, that's because all of this actually has to do with other stuff in their life that doesn't have to do with me, that they're carrying around. And it's like they've got this huge battery that's full of charge 
on all kinds of other stuff that's piled up and they just need a place to vent or throw up on me and blah, I feel so much better. I'm like, oh, thank you very much, you know. But you know what? It's not just other people that are like that. I'm that way too, are you? Do you ever catch yourself going, where did that come from? You see, I've had to learn, and one of the things the Lord spoke to both Evelyn and I about with ourselves and in our marriage is this. I can't bring into lordship what I'm not aware of. I can say, oh God, everything I have is yours. I can say, you know, everything I have is yours, and I, I, I can sing the songs and so forth, but if I've got a wound that causes me to, be, to feel worried about money, or if I've been wounded when I was a kid, and there's things of unforgiveness in my heart, I will not be able to give freely and generously to somebody else because there's something in me. But I can't bring that into lordship if I'm not aware of it. Simply declaring it doesn't make it the case if my soul's only this deep, right? And this is where you and I have to do the work to slow down to see what's inside, to see why it is that, where, where that insecurity comes from, to see where that fear comes from, to see where that jealousy comes from, where that envy comes from, where that poverty of soul comes from, so that I become envious whenever somebody else asks me to do things, or where why it is that I get this bill that's this much and I have this much worry. Where is that coming from? And if I don't take time to let the Lord lead me into my own heart, I can't be aware. And so here's the SAT word for the day. It's auscultate. Auscultate. Can you say that out loud? One, two, three. Auscultate. Okay, so, I mean, I was just trying to come up with three A's, okay? But this is a doctor word. My wife's a physician. This is a doctor word. It has to do with taking a stethoscope and listening to somebody's heart. So auscultate is taking the time to listen to my own heart in the depths. It has to do with taking a stethoscope and listening to my wife's heart in the depths. It has to do with praying for my three-year-old kid in their fear in the depths. And then letting the Lord speak to me from that place. Now, I know that sounds kind of weird. It's not that God can't speak to me in the depths, but my ears don't go down. The fault is in my hearing. And until I'm willing to go down there, God can't speak to me here. I don't know how many of you guys know people you'll start sharing something and they'll jump in and start cheerleading you and exhorting you from the scriptures. It's going to be okay. And you're like, I've got this much and you bottomed out here. You know what that is? Because they're bottoming out in their own heart. On the other hand, you know somebody that will take the time and is not afraid to go there. And it's a gift to be heard and seen by somebody. And you see, what that requires is a soul that's willing to go down to P5 in our own hearts. Because when we do that and meet God there, we're not afraid to do that with somebody else. And you see, in an increasingly fast-paced world where people are running around and so forth and so on, people are going to be yearning 
for people of authenticity, transparency, and depth, where they can really be seen and heard. It's not going to be fast that takes the day. It's going to be deep. So I have to say that, you know, as Emily and I went through this period, I think it's become really crucial because we've had a bunch of things happen this year in the life of our church that I don't really have time to talk into. But for me, I'm kind of a people pleaser. I mean, that's been one of my things. I I don't need to repeat that anymore because the Lord's healing me of it. But you see, this is one of those things that I had to get down into P4 and P5 to get over. Because me simply saying something a thousand times wasn't making it better. Have you figured that out? It wasn't fixing it. I had to go down there and figure out where that came from and have God speak to me deeper down about who I really am. And I think for really for the first time in my life, I can be responsive to an audience of one instead of the audience of many. I'm in Enneagram 3, so I can't help it, you know, right? But, but it's helped me to go down deep. And so as I've been in difficult situations, I'm able to veer away from what I can intuitively sense that everybody wants me to say and do. And that's what a leader needs, and that's what my staff and my family needs from me. I've got my own journey, and you do too, and God has a version of this for you. But what this is going to require is that you take the initial steps to go there and to make space. So I want to have our worship team come up, and there's a, a couple different response things that I want us just to, uh, to work on. First of all, I'd like to, us just to stand. You know, I asked you to, to take a, a minute to just... Reflect on the state of your own soul. God wants for you to have a deep, thick place for his word to go down. But you and I have to be the ones that make the space. You and I have to be the ones that are willing to let the Holy Spirit surface the thorns and the roots that are stuck in the soil. And you know, some of them are like six inches in there. You dig down an inch, you're not going to see them. Here's the first thing. Maybe for some of you, you'd say, oh, you know what, Pastor John, I really need to slow down. I'm adrenalizing, anesthetizing, and distracting myself from my own soul. I need to slow down. You know, if that's true of you, would you just place your hands in your heart? And maybe I'll just give you a minute to just say, God, help me. Draw me deeper. Draw me slower. Lord, I ask that you Speak that word from Psalm 42.7. It's deep calls to deep, not shallow calls to shallow. And would your spirit that's deep within your sons and daughters begin to cry out, come, come, come with me into the deep, dark places. Come with me, trust me. Maybe for some of you, 
as I was talking about my own tar animal, whatever, you might say, you know, I want to slow down, but there's some deep, dark things in me that I, it's just hard. There's like lack of forgiveness. There's like my guilt or my shame. And and the moment I, I get quiet, man, it's all right there. I want to just have our prayer team come forward so that you can come forward and say, I've got this. To confess it. I don't think it's the way of God that it's going to be like, whoom, there it goes. No, I don't think so. But this is an invitation for you to say, I've got something. And Lord, I want to have you help me to unroot all of that in my life. And so you can just come forward right now and receive prayer. And I think it'd be helpful for you to just begin and pray and say, God, I have this. Help me. For others of you, you know, maybe what might be helpful for you is just to say, I need to make space. And here's three practical things I need to do today, starting tonight, starting this week, to go slower. I'm going to go and create a half an hour of space in my life and go to Soul Shepherding site, get that lecture to Davina Guider, whatever it is. And so if you feel like God's speaking to you, I want to encourage you to take some actionable steps. Take out your phone and go, one, two, three, here's what, this, here's what I'm going to do today.